I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Down the block, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Grand final week, as you all know, I've got the random stats guy joining me once again. I'm sure we had all of our Craig Bellamy stats ready. Really burst my balloon, mate. What about yours? Absolutely. Um, I mean, it's another minor premiership that the Storm haven't followed through with. That's uh, two two grand final premierships out of the eight times they've come minor premier. So they've fallen again um, this season a little bit short. I'll tell you what, though, mate, with the Penrith Panthers in the grand final, there are so many storylines and so many stats to go with this team. It's unreal. Unbelievable. It'd be a three-part novel series, an encyclopedia, if you will, of all these narratives that are going on between these two clubs. You just cannot write the script any better. Mate, obviously, Latrell Mitchell, he's suspended for this grand final, has been for a couple of weeks. Blake Taff, he's come in and done a sensational job. Uh, Everyone doubted Blake Taff's ability, including myself, Probably not in an unfair way. Just assume that finals pressure would just be too much for him to handle. He's done He's done an unbelievable job. And in the NRL era, he's obviously the least experienced player to ever feature in a grand final, which is incredible. And off the back of that, you've come up with, how would you describe it? The least experienced grand final team of all time? How, how are you describing it? I reckon that's the perfect way to say it. Like the, all the players who have played the least amount of games before heading into uh, the big dance. Um, and as you said, Blake Taff captains that side, if you will, with uh, seven games coming into it. He's 7-0 and so far this season as well. Hasn't lost a game. He's been he's, he's going to be something to watch. That's that's incredible to come in 7-0 and in a team that because you're in it, everyone said you were Gornski. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Absolutely. And especially a lot of punters were saying no Latrell, no South, but He's really stepped up to the plate and even took on the goal-kicking roles uh, last weekend, which I saw. He was averaging about less than 40% with the boot, and he's been kicking them from the sideline pretty much every time last weekend besides those last few. Mate, he was hitting them like a four-iron. I I couldn't believe how well he was striking them. Absolutely unbelievable, and he might need to be called upon this weekend as well, but he'll be up against the sharpshooter and Nathan Cleary. So very interesting to see if Renault takes the reins back with that groin injury. 
I'll tell you what, if you had to take overs or unders of how many goal kicks there will be in the grand final, and I said six all up, would you go overs or unders on it? I reckon it's going to be pretty low scoring. Yeah, absolutely. And we know how many how many points Penrith have scored in this final series and still managed to make it through to the grand final. I think Cleary could possibly even kick six penalty goals here because he loves having a shot at goal. It'd be interesting to see. Be like the 2003 Rugby World Cup. No, thank you. Let's dive into this teammate. Obviously, we mentioned Blake Taff. He's the fullback. Seven games this year. Uh, incredible. You, you, you said he was the captain of this side. Uh, mind-boggling. Let's get to the wingers. The first one is, is a guy from the Melbourne Storm. Dane Nielsen only played 12 games. It's a sign of that Melbourne Storm system, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. That Storm team in 2009... Um, it's just to come into the game, and you don't see it too much with Melbourne players. In fact, there's only one other player featuring in this team from Melbourne that comes in with that sort of experience. So, um, Dane Nielsen obviously stepped up to the day and uh, got the win as well. A guy that didn't get the win is on the other wing, and unfortunately, I, th- I think people forget that Joey Leilua played for the Roosters. Uh, obviously, very inexperienced, and... Wayne Bennett and Darius Boyd, they picked him apart on this day, unfortunately. I think Nightingale scored two, maybe even three tries uh, on Joey Leilua's wing. And, of course, got Darius Boyd the Clive Churchill medal that day. But Big Joey had only played 16 games at that point in his career. Yeah, absolutely. He came into this game uh, as well with the centre pairing in Kane Lynette, who we'll get to, who was the least experienced centre as well. So there was only 28 games experience between those two. And like you said, Darius Boyd, they ripped them apart, the Dragons. BJ did score a try, though, in that match, but it was more of a consolation in the end. Let's talk about the other man that you mentioned. He was actually named in the uh, English Super League Dream Team the other day, Kane Lynette. Uh, obviously lost that grand final for the Roosters in 2010, returned five or six years later with the North Queensland Cowboys. And there was a moment where JT put him through a hole that even I could have got through, and he, and he dropped the ball, and I honestly thought, he might have cost the Cowboys the premiership there, but ended up getting it done. But that day against the Dragons, a very young Kane Lynette, very inexperienced Kane Lynette. Yeah, and absolutely. And you think he would go a little bit further, maybe some representative honours, but, I mean, he did represent Scotland in the end, but that's not too much of a cap to, um, to, to wave around. So, yeah, as you said, in the deep end there against the likes, I think it was up against Matt Cooper or Mark Gasnier. Whichever one you wanted to pick out of those two, it's going to be a tough day at the office. Oh, mate, either way, it's a nightmare on either side of the ball. Those two, two of the most pure centres I think we've ever seen. Mate, uh, over at the West Tigers at the moment, we've got Tommy Talau playing there, and, of course, his old man gets a feature in the side. Yeah, absolutely. Willie Talau playing in 1998 for the Dogs against the Broncos. few young guns in that uh, Bulldogs 98 team. I think they are the second most inexperienced team from my memory, um, in the NRL era. Um, so, Willie Talau, their 12 games, was one of them. Now, mate, talking of father and sons involving the Canterbury Bulldogs, let's move to the halves. And there is some Bulldogs royalty in amongst here. We've got Daniel Mortimer at 5'8", of course. When Hainsey had that run in 09, Mortimer was playing in the halves there. Obviously, the son of, I believe, Peter Mortimer. You're, you're better than me with this family tree. I've got to get out. I'm pretty sure it's Peter, yeah. I, I always make this mistake. I'm sure it's Peter. I would have, yeah. I'm not going to argue with this you on this one, that's for sure. But, yeah, Daniel Mortimer, he gets the gig at 5'8". And then at halfback, even more rugby league royalty. We've got Corey Hughes coming in at the 7. One of the one of the young up-and-coming players here, Corey Hughes. His father's name defeats me. It's going to hurt. I can get his nickname. I, just I think it's Mr. Hughes from memory. Mr. Hughes. 
Yeah, Did you that's say right. Mr. Fist? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's um, it defeats me. His name, oh my gosh, it's gonna kill me. No, I can't remember it either. But mate, I mean, when, when I have a look at that '98 Bulldog side, just from the two names we've read out so far, I mean, Corey Hughes, he'd only played 14 games. W- Willie Talau out there, he'd only played a handful of games as well. So pretty impressive that they that they they managed to appear there. Absolutely, and this was the year that they came ninth, and a lot of people saying they came ninth. How'd they make the finals? It was back in that really big uh, finals system back in 98 when there were 20-odd teams. And they managed to progress their way all the way through and make that grand final. And uh, Wayne's uh, Broncos uh, tore them to shreds that day, but it was an impressive effort just to get there. Mate, let's move into the front row. And uh, for me, I think it's one of the most underrated guys I've seen. I used to absolutely love Peter Cusack. Uh, Obviously represented the Roosters in the 2000 grand final. Went on to play a few more years there. I think he ended up at South Sydney eventually, Peter Cusack. But very young in that 2000 grand final. Absolutely. And you don't see too many young front rowers start, at least. And he definitely started this grand final with only 19 games experience. And once again, it was Wayne Bennett. Um getting the win that day, um, the Broncos winning 14-6. Um, to six. Of course, that day uh, for Wayne Bennett, he had Dane Carlaw playing for him, who only had 26 games playing for the Broncos, of course. Went on to score that unbelievable try for Queensland in State of Origin. Oh, mate, as a New South Wales fan, that broke my heart that night. Yeah, absolutely. And it would have been a great matchup. Peter Cusack up against Dane Carlaw, two young front rowers who barely have a season behind them coming head-to-head on the biggest stage. Um, and it was Dane Carla, of course, who got up on that day. And, mate, when we move into the hooker role, uh, you got Moses and Bai here. Now, of course, he's only played eight games, but, I mean, there's a lot more to this. He wasn't even a hooker back then. Oh, absolutely. He came through the Bulldogs' ranks as a halfback. Um, I think he won a game off a field goal against the Tigers, famously, earlier in that year, um, and then chucked into the hooker role um, late uh, in the season. And, unfortunately... He got found out a fair bit um, by uh, his other player who was versing Appy Corusau, um that day. But, yeah, absolutely. Most then by eight games being thrown in a position, you've you got to make tackles. You've got to be working really hard in the middle on the biggest game. He really got found out. Yeah, mate, it's crazy when you think back to that season. That was unreal when Mick Ennis and Isaac Luke... I, I know Isaac Luke got suspended, but did, did Mick Ennis get injured or suspended? I can't remember off the top of my head, but they obviously had two brand new hookers come into that side. That was unbelievable for a grand final. Let's move to the second row, mate. Uh, wow, Josh Jackson, 11 games. I think he's gone on to... Has he played 300 games yet? He'd have to be getting close, Josh Jackson. Absolutely, because he, he barely gets injured. I think I had a stat the earlier in the year where it was the first time he's been injured in since he started playing back in 20, uh, 2011. It was... Uh, sorry, 2012. It was uh, some sort of feat and, you know, just the caliber of the man stepped up to the situation back in 2012 against, I think he was up against Ryan Hoffman that day as well. And it was a very tight grand final in the end. He definitely held his own. He's a, he's a boy from Mudgee, Josh Jackson. They don't come all that much tougher. I'm just having a look at how many games he has played. Oh, geez, he's sitting on 218. I, I thought he would have played a little bit more than that. Still, no mean feat. Uh, to play in the grand final, only, only your 11th game. Pretty good knock. The next man, another tough, bruising second rower. Can also play a little bit in the halves. Played a bit at hooker as well. Elijah Taylor for the Warriors in 2011. Jeez, I, 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 don't, I don't remember him being that young for that grand final, but it feels like Elijah Taylor's been around forever, I guess. He'd only played 20 games when he was playing for Ivan Cleary in 2011. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think he was one of the uh, super coach stars back in that that era, once upon a time, racking up a lot of points for a youngster. Um, and he definitely earned his role for the Warriors uh, in that number uh, number 12. I think he was paired with, and I'm not too sure if Folletti Mateo was the other second rower that day. Um, but yeah, some, some superstar second rowers there for the Warriors. And that's what helped them get through in the end. Now, mate, I've just seen the lock forward, and you certainly know the way to my heart. Victor Radley, 2018. He'd only played 27 first-grade games at this point, and, I mean, off the top of my head, Robinson only moved him into the starting 13 with about 10 weeks to go in the regular season. So, geez, he improved out of sight, Victor Radley, very quickly. Yeah, absolutely. And he's actually the most experienced player in this whole 17 that we're naming um, with 27 games. So you don't see too many young locks come into a grand final game we we see locks nowadays as the as the experienced men the anchor of the team um and victor radley i think i might get it wrong that it was his first season that 2018 season um from memory he just played every single game of it and he uh really served his role against the melbourne side and let's move to the bench and uh you know i'm i'm not a melbourne storm fan but i'm a big fan of what they do and i'll I'll tell you what, if you would have got, given me a piece of paper and got me to write down every player that's won a comp for Melbourne, I reckon I'd get pretty close to it. But I wouldn't have got this guy. He has completely fallen out of my memory. Scott Anderson in 2007. I wouldn't have had any idea, any chance of remembering this fella. Absolutely not. He only played nine games before coming into the side and playing in the front row. Um, absolutely unbelievable. Um, so full... Full credit to um, Scott Anderson. Um, he went on to play for the Broncos and then sort of dropped off the face of the earth after that. So didn't really play too many footy games after that, but he had a grand final up his sleeve and a uh, premiership winning one at that. Mate, I am looking at this picture of Scott Anderson and I still don't remember Scott Anderson in any way, shape or form. Uh, but he's, he's been to a grand final. What was it? 27, t- 2007. So he won that grand final as too. Unreal stuff. Uh, this is a guy that I remember. Uh, from the Parramatta Eels in 2001, I still think they're the best team to never win a premiership. Alex Chan coming off the bench. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I'll let you talk about Alex Chan a bit more. Sounds like you love him so much. He's just one guy that I, that I always remember. I mean, there's, there's not too many chance that you see running around in rugby league. Uh, yeah, and I made that Parramatta side. They were star studded. I, if, if you ever get a chance, go go on YouTube and watch the highlights of that team between like Jamie Jamie Lyon, Brett Hodgson, Violecki. You know, they were just star studded. There was they were scoring so many points. There was there was moments in that season where Brian Smith would take off two or two, two or three guys and let them play with 10 or 11 just to see how they were how they would go and if they had to deal with that in a finals game to see if they were up for it it was an unbelievable season but the only thing that stood in the way of a premiership was of course the eighth immortal Joey Johns yeah absolutely and that eel side was absolutely insane I mean to think that a team scored more points than the Melbourne Storm this year is mind-blowing because you thought the Storm piled on points and I remember there was one game I'm pretty sure it was 2001. The Eels played the Cowboys, and they were down one man that got sent off um, for the rest of the match. I think it was PJ Marsh, and they still won that game 62 to nil. It was unbelievable. They just second half down a man the entire time, beat a team 30 points to nil. Unbelievable. 
Mate, uh, let's move to the next guy on the bench. And, of course, we already mentioned the narrative around the 2014 Grand Final. Both of the starting hookers were injured. Moses and Bai came in for Canterbury. Happy Curacao, he came in for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. And uh, he's on the bench there with 13 games. Crazy to think that the starting hookers in that Grand Final combined for less than 25 games. Unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's such an important position, that nine. And two youngsters came in head-to-head and... Uh, Appy was uh, the victor in the end and a comfortable victor at that. Hopefully he gets his next premiership ring on Sunday. But yeah, what a way to play only your 14th game of footy in a grand final on the biggest stage. And you you break the uh, 43-year odd drought as well. Uh, mate, he had a bloody good game. I was uh, when, when I was on YKTR the other day, Isaac John was showing me some stats. He actually picked up one Dally or like one Clive Churchill medal point. They, they, he, he was in the in the top three guys for that medal that day behind uh, Sam Burgess and Adam Reynolds. So pretty impressive knock from Appy in. As you said, what was it? His thirteenth game of first grade, insane, mate. The last guy rounding out this seventeen, he's uh, he was at the Broncos in two thousand and fifteen when they when they lost the grand final. If jeez. Don't they wish that uh, the game went for 79 minutes and 57 seconds? Good God, the poor bastards. But Joe Offahengawi, mate, only 13 games for the Broncos. Uh, another guy that I, I probably thought he was around a little bit before 2015. Yeah, absolutely. I was uh, a bit shocked by this one as well. But, yeah, one of the young ones, the same amount of games as Appy Corusau, as we as you mentioned. Um, and, yeah, a tough grand final to lose as your first Um as a Cowboys fan, I'm glad the game goes for 80 minutes. But, yeah, absolutely. Um, you'll, he'll learn from that. Hopefully, I'm not too sure if he'll get one at the Tigers, but maybe at the next club he goes to, he'll he'll find success. Mate, let's jump into the rest of the stats from the week. Uh, now, this is the one that blew me away. Uh, tell us about teams that finish third once they get into the grand final. They've got a pretty good track record, don't they? Yeah, they sure do, especially in the NRL era. Um, we found that in the last... 30 years, so dating back to 1991, only seven third-place teams have made the grand final. All seven of them have gone on to win it. The most recent, of course, the Sharks, the Cowboys, the um, the Rabbitohs, and even the Broncos in 06 as well. Um, the, the last team who came third to lose a grand final was, in fact, Penrith of all teams back in 1990. It's an unbelievable stat um, that the third-place team usually goes on and uh, gets the job done on grand final day. Mate, seven on the trot. That is incredible. I would have never picked that. That's an unreal little stat there. Mate, uh, Ivan Cleary, uh, he's on the verge of uh, a pretty unfortunate start. Tell us about that one. Absolutely. Um, those that um, have followed him since the Warriors days, he's looking to try and make it a win in his third grand final appearance. Now, only five other coaches in the compulsory grand final era, as they call it, since 1954, have lost three consecutive grand finals. And that's not three years in a row. That's just three times that they made the grand final. Now, before you read those names out, I just want want to give my listeners a chance to have a crack at this. So pause the podcast, see if you can work out who these guys are, because I had a crack at it and I sort of embarrassed myself a little bit, didn't even get close to it. So pause this podcast, have a go, see how you go with it. Give us the answers, mate. Who are the five? All right. Well, we'll we'll start with the uh, most unluckiest coach of all time. Not even arguably. (laughs) Not even arguably. (laughs) Brian Smith, uh, four grand final losses, unfortunately. Two in a row with St. George. 
the Eels in 2001, the greatest team never to win a grand final. And, of course, the Roosters in 2010, uh, who lost to St. George, funny enough. Um, next up, we have got Ricky Stewart, uh, who lost with the Roosters in 03-04 and with the Raiders in 19. And then we've got two other coaches well before this time, Warren Ryan, who won back-to-back premierships with Canterbury, then lost in 86 and back-to-back with Balmain, 88 and 89. And then finishing it off with Jackson Fitzgerald, who unfortunately was coaching at the same time as that magical St. George side who won 10 straight. Um, he was coaching 1961 and 1963 with Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. West and lost all three. I had a shocking time to be a coach unless you had the Dragons. And just on Brian Smith, you, you mentioned he's lost four from four across like 20 years or something and three of those grand finals were against Wayne Bennett uh proper head noise there yeah, absolutely looks on the uh, on the old big leagues as they had it back then and saw Wayne Bennett's name and oh man he definitely had the yips against him mate uh, let's talk about the Clive Churchill medal I- I've done a heap of content on it this week I love the Clive Churchill I love having a punt on it it'd be great to get some some return on it one day but mate there's only ever been two captains that have won the Clive Churchill medal. And heading into this week, I think there's a really good chance that Adam Reynolds could take it home with his narrative. Uh, you look on the other side, the Penrith Panthers, obviously they've got two captains. They've got Nathan Cleary and Isaiah Yo. So I reckon there's a really good chance that this record could fall this week. But who are the only two captains in the, in the NRL era to win this? Yeah, there are two captains, Scotty Prince and Jonathan Thurston. That was in two, from 2005. There's actually also Joey Johns in 01 in the NRL era. Um, but you know what? All three of them play halfback. So Adam Reynolds could be a good option. Nathan Cleary could be a good option. Um, you don't know where it's going to land. I've also got that there's been no hooker. So cut out um, Appy, cut out Damian Cook. No hooker has won it since 2006. And that was a good old Sean Berrigan. So be very interesting to see how it all ends up. Now, just for the listeners at home as well, I mean, this probably this po- podcast probably seems like a well-oiled machine, but when we spoke before, you said to me there's been one captain, and I said, no, nah, no, nah, Scott Prince has won it, so you added that, and then I didn't even think about Joey. You managed to add that one on the fly too. That's a good knock. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I just was thinking the last 20 years, and I forgot to mention to you that we weren't doing in the NRL era, but yes, Joey in uh in 2001 of course that magical win against Parramatta as we mentioned we'll probably stop it for the Parramatta fans we won't mention 2001 again <laughs> oh god it's grim mate uh there's there's some sort of pattern here that you mentioned before to me about the Clive Churchill medal and the Dally M medal as well explain that to us yeah absolutely we've seen that eight of the last 11 Clive Churchill medalists have placed in the top 10 of the Dally M votes um, so it'd be very interesting to see. We've got, I think we've got Cody Walker, uh, Nathan Cleary as the two players who did vote, who did poll in that top 10 from memory. So it'd be very interesting to see how it all goes. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Do you happen to know the two guys that didn't poll in the top 10 by any chance? No idea. I've really put no you on idea. the back foot there, haven't I? You've really put me on the back foot. <laughs> <laughs> Up there with Susie and uh, Mortimer's dad. <laughs> 
Oh, mate, oh, I was hoping that you were going to carry us through that. Uh, that. That team was a little bit harder than what I expected too, just quietly. That was a tough knock. Mate, um, thank you for coming on once again. Obviously a huge week, grand final week. Uh, have your last say. Who's going to win? What's the score going to be? And who's your Clive Churchill? I'm going to put you on the spot once again. Absolutely. I'm a bit more prepared for this one because I've been thinking about it all week. I want the narrative to go in the way of Benji, Reno and Wayne. I think the script is written perfect. Wayne's first ever premiership at Lang Park. His last ever premiership is going to be at Lang Park. The crowd, for that matter, was around 35,000 for that winner Manly uh, Brisbane South game. And, of course, with the 75% cap, it's going to be around 35,000 once again. So it's going to be very interesting to see. It all leads the way of the Rabbitohs. I'm going to go Rabbitohs 20-12 to 12 and Cody Walker to snap up the Clive. So the captain misses out? The captain misses out. It's just too too much, too long. To only three captains in the NRL era. It won't happen. Mate, thank you for joining us this week. I thoroughly appreciate it. I've been very lucky to have you on for the last few weeks. And, uh, mate, if you're keen to jump on again next year, even during the off-season, we, we can talk some more. But definitely happy to have you on for a weekly spot next week. It's been an unreal little bit of content. I get messages every Thursday or Friday when I put these out about how much people love seeing your stuff and your growth this year on social media. It's been fantastic, mate. I, I, I saw you do your um, your live updates on Facebook the other night. That was great, mate. How, how did it go for you? Absolutely. Uh, not too much uh, social reach out on Facebook yet, but as that climbs, I'm happy to do more lives next season as well. Um, I had a lot of fun. Definitely was six beers in at that point, writing all those <laughs> stats out. But no, I absolutely loved it. Um, and it was great to get some fan feedback as well on it. Mate, thanks for coming on this year. Thanks for coming on tonight. Enjoy Sunday and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All the best. Thanks, Guru, for having me on. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.